Today, as I said, we are celebrating freedom as Americans and stuff like that. I want to do a tie-in, obviously, to the spiritual freedom that we enjoy as Christians. I want to talk about the freedom that Christ brings us. Paul wrote to the Galatian church some 2,000 years ago. Writing to these new Christians, he says this to them. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, it's kind of interesting, right after the uh, end of the Civil War, fought in our country in the 1800s, middle 1800s, after uh, the uh, proclamation to free all the slaves and after the uh, South had been defeated by the North, uh, it's stunning how many slaves chose to remain where they were. In fact, many in the South point to that as evidence that they were not abusive to their slaves and stuff and that it really wasn't so bad. I, I don't really buy into that logic. Um, most people won't work for free, no matter how nice you are to them. Although I do want to put out the offer this morning <laughs> that if anybody wants to come to our house and clean it and cook our food and do everything for free, we'll be very nice to you. I promise. But uh, highly unlikely anyone will take us up on that offer. Why would people who had been in slavery for 200 years, given the opportunity, the door was open, why would they stay? Because people tend to do what they're used to doing. It was the comfort level that they had. The fear of the unknown oftentimes is much greater uh, for people to overcome the misery that they are in. And, uh, and they stayed. I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, we s still have the same problem today. People come to Christ, they experience God's forgiveness in their life, and they are born again. Now, if you're not familiar with the phrase born again, let me explain it to you just a little bit. The Bible talks about, Jesus said, you have to be born again. You can't get to heaven if you're not born again, is what he said. Because we said, well, as long as you're baptized, you go to heaven. As long as you do this, you go to heaven. We've got all kinds of versions of salvation, but uh, you've you got to do it all. And Jesus said, if you're not born again, I don't care how many times you've been sprinkled, you're still not getting into heaven. Now, what's he talking about? Uh, ever since the time of Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve first rebelled against God, God said, listen, if you do this, the day you do it, you will surely die. Well, they did it, and they didn't die, at least not physically. It was a long time after that before they physically died. Uh, but they did die spiritually on that day. And ever since then, then, every man and woman born into the earth, over the last thousands of years of human existence, has been born into the world, stillborn. Uh, we are made in the image of God, the Bible says. God, three parts, yet one. We too are the same. We have a soul, our intellect, our emotions. We have a body, and we have a spirit. Now, when you're born into the earth, because of sin, everybody is born, stillborn, spiritually speaking. It is not alive. Now, for thousands of years of human history, since that day, people have sensed, everybody has sensed, anybody listening, watching me right now, knows that what I'm saying is true. You sense something is wrong. There is something missing. Something is not quite right. For millennia, 
People have tried various ways to fix this. Uh, that's why so many man-made religions popped up. They're desperate to fix this. Uh, others turn to ways of trying to numb that hollow feeling in them. Some to alcohol, others to drugs, others turn to hedonism and just worldly pleasures and money and everything they can possibly can to try and drown out this hollow aching in the middle of their soul. Uh, but try though they might, they can never fix it. The only thing that fixes it, and it is the claim to fame of Christianity, the thing that we celebrate, sing about, and have proclaimed though lo these many years, is that through Jesus Christ, you can be born again. You can come to Christ, ask him to forgive you of your sins and come into your life. When he does that, he breathes the breath of God in you and you come alive really for the first time. People say, how do I know, pastor, if I'm born again? If you have to ask that, sadly, you've probably never been born again. You need to be born again if you expect to make it into the presence of God. The good news is you can be, but you need to surrender to God. Now, for some people, it's a very dramatic experience. Others, it's much more muted. But make no mistake, when it happens, you know it happens. And people have used various phrases. You know, once I was blind, but now I see. You know, I've seen the light. I mean, all kinds of Christian phrases we've used for thousands of years to describe this wonderful experience. Is why the majority of people are here today, because you have been born again. It's what changes you. People look at us and say, why would you go to church? Why would you give money to these? Why would you do any of this stuff? Because we've been changed. Our lives have been changed. People say, why don't you do what you used to do? Many of you have friends and family who think you're just nuttier than a fruitcake. Convinced you've joined a cult, you know, because you go to this church, you know. Why would you do what you do? Because you've been born again. It's a life changer. It's glorious. It is wonderful. And it brings such life. And the beauty of Christianity, unlike other religions... You start out, they're trying to reach God, meditate and chant and try and find nirvana, doing something, trying to get to this place where they hope they can be touched by God and come alive on the inside. Sadly, they never reach it. With Christianity, you don't have to do anything. You start out, boom, you come to life. The good news is you are now alive on the inside for the first time. The bad news is you're still messed up. <laughs> Welcome to Christianity. And that's why now we go to church and we do all the things that we do in an attempt to get to experience the freedom that we've been promised in Christ. That's the challenge of the church. is to take people who've lived their entire lives as slaves to sin and to show them you can walk free. The door is open. You don't have to be a slave anymore. That's the challenge. And for some of you, it's a very great challenge because some of you have been at this for so long, coming to Jesus seriously, finally in your 30s or 40s, 50s and later. And you come and Jesus does make a wonderful change in your life. You can know it, but you constantly are struggling with old patterns, old habits, other things that keep biting you. Oftentimes you feel very bad about it. As you should. I mean, if you blow it, you got to ask God to forgive you. And, but this idea of coming to church, asking God to forgive you, living sinful all week, coming to God, asking to forgive you, and just, it's not a healthy cycle and certainly not a joyous way to live. You don't have to live this way. The problem is, is you're still staying on the plantation. 
you're still with the master. Because you like the master. Master's all you've ever known. And even though we're saying, hey, you can be free, you can walk through this, it's hard for you because you have spent so long as a slave. It's why it's so important for us to get Christian truths into your young people at an early age so they can choose to experience God early on and not get into these patterns that they'll spend the rest of their lives trying to break. A lot of you as adults, you know what I'm talking about. You're spending the bulk of your Christian experience trying to break the patterns of stuff that has haunted you all your life. We can avoid that if we would bring up our young children uh, the right way in the first place. But uh, no matter where you get into this, it's good for you to be there, but you need to learn to walk free. Uh, say, well, pastor, uh, we believe in grace. It doesn't matter how. No, it does matter how you live. And yes, we do have grace. But grace is not just a license to live like a slave to sin. Uh, Paul wrote to Titus. He wrote these words. He says, the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. That's the good news. See, pastor, the grace of God has shown up. We don't have to worry about it. No, 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 no. Keep reading. The grace of God he's talking about, it says, it teaches us to say no. Everybody say no. No to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Not after you die and go to the sky. Right now, you can live free. You do not have to be a slave to sin anymore. <coughs> Sadly, we live in a day where people are convinced by the culture in which we live that you are a slave. They don't say that. What they say is you have to do what you feel. You have to do what you feel. If you feel it, you have to do it. In fact, these psychobabble nutcases with PhDs encourage people to do it. In fact, they warn you that if you don't do it, and if you don't do what you feel, you'll end up with repressed feelings, you know. And if you have repressed feelings, then your life will go. And so people are convinced today that whatever I feel I got to do is healthier for me to do whatever I feel. And they live their lives as disasters. Again, people without Jesus, I get it. They are slaves to sin. But if you're in Christ, you're no longer a slave. The idea that people can actually restrain themselves from their baser instincts is met by jeers by many in our self-centered narcissistic culture. And it's frustrating as it is to listen to these people offer excuses for the worst of possible behaviors, you know. They killed their parents, they couldn't help it because they weren't hugged enough, you know. You know, you guys remember the Menendez, Menendez trial? <laughs> these two psycho guys killed their parents, blew them to pieces. They admitted they did it. And in the first trial, they couldn't get enough people to agree to convict them. We have a lot of dumb people in America. It's sad, but it's true. They even asked some of these, they, the second trial, they, they convicted them, finally put them away for life. But they asked these people in the first trial, why, why couldn't you convict him? And one lady said, well, I felt bad for them. I said, why? I said, well, now they live their whole lives without their mom. <laughs> yeah, they killed their mom. Yeah, but it was sad. I mean, the people are crazy. They couldn't help it. They weren't hugging out. You know, we read about the rich woman who steals clothes and stores and she can't help it because she, she needs the excitement. She feels she has to do what she feels. Or the guy that raped some lady because young men are pre-wired for sexual release. If they don't, they'll explode. And of course, we've seen people explode, you know, and walking down the road. Young guy just <laughs> blows into pieces, you know, just... It's very sad. I hate that when they explode into pieces like that. You know, yeah. 
We all understand that. Men can't help but cheat on their wives. Evolution has pre-programmed them to spread their seed, you know. We've all heard this nonsense. And as frustrating as it is to listen to these psychos push the psycho Babylon people, at some point, they're actually correct. And that is this. The Bible says without Christ, people are slaves to sin. They are slaves to sin. They will do what they don't want to do. And they can't help it at some level. Now, thankfully, there is a certain degree of <laughs> decorum that people can live and, you know, not shoot your neighbor and stuff when you get mad and stuff like that. But make no mistake, without Jesus, there's a part of you that will cause you to sin and there's nothing you can do about it. They are slaves. They are under the control, under the influence of sin in their lives. My lovely wife, Debbie, and I went to a movie last night. We went to go see Man of Steel, or as I like to call it, the Mark Gunger story. <laughs> but we were late, and uh, so we said, what's next? So World War Z. I said, well, let's go see that. I like war movies. I thought it was a movie about war. It's not. It's a zombie movie. <laughs> That's the Z. I don't know what the Z meant. So we're watching this, a little bit into it. My wife looks at me and goes, this is a zombie movie. I said, apparently. <laughs> and there's zombies everywhere. And these zombies are going crazy. And they're eating people and doing it. And, and uh, you know, they're fighting. Uh, apparently, apparently zombies is a big thing today. Especially in younger culture. I don't know what you guys get off on zombies. But apparently that's very cool. And uh, uh, well, what would happen is if these people would be infected by zombie infection... They would turn into these zombies and they would go crazy trying to infect other people. Now, you could touch them, you wouldn't get infected. Their blood could splatter into your mouth, you still wouldn't get infected. They had to bite you, you know. So you had these zombies going around like... <laughs> they were just dying to bite something. <laughs> Apparently the movie was about dental hygiene. <laughs> Dr. Steve, you should put... That's why they, people should floss. They could turn into zombies. You need to put up zombie posters in your practice and say, you want this to happen to you? <laughs> you want to see a good dentist, by the way? Steve Sevenich, check him out. But anyway, it's all about zombies. Ah, so we're watching this crazy zombie movie. I was people going nuts. And I thought, this is my sermon tomorrow. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. People are zombies. They can't help it. They go out and they can... They're uncontrollable in their sins. It's like a Michael Jackson video. Oh, I cut it out. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Clearly, you people are easily entertained. <laughs> we met a guy yesterday in the mall. He comes up and shakes my hand. Oh, man, good to see you. He says, uh, I watch you every Sunday on TV. He said, I'm a Buddhist, but I watch you every Sunday. He says, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> Hopefully, some of this gets through to him. <laughs> but anyway... They're zombies, they can't help it. Whatever the devil, whatever their nature.
nature, sin nature forces them at some level. It is true. They cannot control themselves. But the good news, people, is if you've been born again, you have been de-zombified. You don't have to be a zombie anymore. Hallelujah. Sadly, millions of Christians still live like zombies. They can't control themselves. They can't, they can't control themselves. They're still living, if you will, on the plantation. The door is open, but they don't leave. They stay where they are. They have been bought into this lie in our culture that you are a slave to what you feel. What you feel, you must do. Our challenge in Christianity in the church, my challenge to all of you, is to teach you, you don't have to live by how you feel. And the more you talk to people who struggle with addictions or bad behavior in their lives, the more you'll start to hear them talk about it's the feelings that they struggle with. You know, you don't have to do that. And they say, I know, Pastor, I, I pray that God, God would take away these feelings. And, and I go, no, 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 no. You don't get it. Asking God to take away the feelings that you have to do bad. Is that the choir? <laughs> you always think you tick them off or something. You stand up walking out. Apparently I can't handle zombies. I'm out of here, you know. So it's just the choir. Calm down. Okay, so what was I talking about? <laughs> what? Feelings, yes. Nothing more than feelings. These people, because you feel it. You have to. They pass. I pray to God will take away these feelings. But he won't take away the feelings. That's the bad news. The good news is you don't have to do what you feel. That is the freedom of Christianity. This is the message of freedom. That if you don't get anything today, hear me. This is the good news. As a person of faith, you don't have to do what you feel. Don't spend, so many people spend their life struggling and wrestling with the feelings. Oh, Pastor, I'm trying to fix these feelings. Forget about it. You have been poisoned by sin. Your body, this nature, sinful nature of you, is still there. When all of a sudden you become born again, a lot of Christians will tell you, you know, that you almost feel schizophrenic. You're not schizophrenic, but I'm just saying, there's a part of you can sense that you want to do the right thing, but you still feel that old stuff. It keeps popping up. Those old habits and stuff that you never thought you'd, you'd have to deal with it. At times, they just, you know, like one of these B movies, you know, the bad guy got killed and then you're convinced he's dead and he's still, he's still not dead. He jumps out, unexplained. Those movies freak me out, by the way. <laughs> we'll fall into a movie like that. I scream like a teenage girl. My wife said, oh, for heaven's sakes, he didn't know he was going to come back? No, he was dead. I, you know, I believed him the first time, you know freaks me out you know but you don't have to live like that you can choose and as a people of faith you have to make the choice you have to choose to walk free do not buy into the lie that because you feel it you have to do it your feelings do not define you we are defined by God's grace in our lives the grace that teaches us to say no The Bible says, if you've been born again, you are a child of God. You say, Pastor, I don't feel like a child of God. That's your problems. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Do not listen to your feelings. I'm convinced a lot of you think that the Christians who walk victoriously, they just don't feel the stuff you feel. Yeah, we do. I feel all kinds of terrible things. I would love to tell you I'm so holy that doesn't happen. But it's true. There's days I feel like strangling some people. <laughs> but I don't do it. Why? Because I don't have to do what I feel. That's the glory of it. 
The very thing that a lot of people, a lot of you struggle with and you keep falling into over and over again, I feel and a lot of people feel. The difference is, is we know we don't have to be on the plantation anymore. I can look at my feelings and say, hey, I don't have to do it. I know this for a fact. I, I'm telling you, this is the freedom of Christianity. You do not have to do what you feel. No matter what the world tells you, no matter what the culture tells you, no matter what your head has been telling you, no matter how much the devil screams in your head, you have to do it. You don't have to do it. I'm free. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty I'm free at last. I don't have to listen to that poisonous part of me that tries to make me feel bad things. I can't help it. I have to get drunk. No, you don't. Well, I struggle with these feelings. Yes, yes. Welcome to life. We all struggle with the feelings. There's days I would love to just pour myself into a stupor. Because <laughs> people make me crazy. But I refuse to turn back into a zombie. I say, no, I don't have to do it. Because the grace of God teaches us to say what? No. And to control ourselves. See, without the grace of God, I get it. You can't. You can yell no, but it has no power. But in Christ, it really works. You can say to your, look at your feelings and go, you don't have to do it. We've talked about this before. Couples who are so mean to each other. You know, Gotta be honest with how I feel. No, you don't. Don't be so mean. Some of the sweetest people in the world sitting in church. Till we get you home. <laughs> And the zombies come out. You're yelling and screaming. You don't have to do that. You can't control yourself. Hallelujah. <laughs> Talking about the first time. We've had many couples stay with us. The Duncan stayed with us for a year one time. And, uh, you know, they're normal like any other couple. Everybody fights, right? And they, almost everybody tells us unanimously. After they stay with us for a while, they say, you know, there's really something special about your home. So what's that? He says, the whole time we're with you, we never fought. There's a real anointing in your home. I say, no, there's not. I say, well, why was that? We can hear you. <laughs> and you know we can hear you. Some of you psychos going at each other's throats all the time. Come live with us for a week. I bet you all are really nice to each other. Why? Because we can hear you. Apparently, you can control yourself. Your problem is you choose not to. When nobody's looking, you land back on the plantation. What the master says, I got to yell, I got to yell. No, you don't. Be nice. Well, Pastor, I don't like cursing. Well, I can't help it. Yeah, you can. You choose to curse. No, I just get mad. You don't have to do what you feel. You know, if you don't get this, you'll always struggle in your Christian faith. When the light gets turned on, that you don't have to do what you feel, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It'll set you free. Pastor, I can't help it. I got an anger problem. You know, I'm, I'm German, you know. <laughs> I don't care if you're related to Adolf. You don't have to do it. Everybody's got all their addictions. Nobody can control themselves. Nobody can control themselves. So I would say, yeah, you can. I get pastors who get in my face about this. Brother, you're, you're just trying to condemn. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm trying to set you free. Are you making them feel bad for doing bad things? Well, if they do bad things, they should feel bad. That's why they're called bad. But for heaven's sakes, the good news, you don't have to live. Not if you're born again. Don't tell me. That, well, brother, we believe in grace. You mean the grace of God? The grace that says you can say no and control yourself? That grace? No, that's not the grace they preach. 
grace they preach is really grease. You can do anything, it doesn't really matter. It's all grace. Seriously. If your version of grace does not include the ability to say no and to control yourself, it's not grace. The grace of God is you've been set free. So I don't live free. It's because you're still back home on the plantation, man. Open the door. Walk out. You don't have to do this stuff anymore. You know, man, I, I can't help it. I look at porn. I, I don't want to, Pastor. I think I can't help it. Oh, yeah, you can't help it. Seriously. Little porn gnomes drag you out of bed in the middle of the night, kicking and screaming. Ah! Don't tell me you can't help it. That ticks me off more than anything. Try to encourage men to act godly in this present age. Christian men walking righteously. Christian leaders all over America. Oh, they can't help it, Pastor. Well, no wonder guys are slaves. Convincing them they got to stay on the plantation. So don't tell me they can't help it. Don't tell me Almighty God can forgive you of your sins. Do miracles in your life. Someday he will literally raise your dead body back to life again. But when it comes to your willy, I'm sorry, I can't do anything about that. Yeah, I, it, it is the willy, guys. You know, there's nothing I can do. Seriously. Well, I, I, I struggle with these feelings. Yes! Yes, 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 yes! You'll have those feelings until the day you die. The good news, you don't have to do what you feel. Are you catching this? As long as you're convinced you have to do what you feel, you'll always be a slave. You'll always be a victim. You'll always be walking around, zombie, trying to bite somebody. But when you start, I'm really mixing my stories up today, aren't I? <laughs> Slavery and zombies, which is it, Pastor? <laughs> It's all the same. You can walk free. Hallelujah. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. I'm free at last. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for the truth of redemption. You have come to set us free. You said, Lord, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So many Christians, Lord, all over the world, still living in slavery, still stuck doing things they don't even want to do. Because they still buy into the lie that their feelings define them. That if they feel it, they must do it. But our feelings don't define us, God. We will always struggle with the feelings of a sinful nature. But help us, Lord, to learn the glorious truth that we are free. That because of the grace of God in our lives, we do not have to do what we feel. Our feelings do not define us. You define us. Open the eyes of people to see that today. I can preach till I'm blue in the face, Lord. But unless you make these truths clear, it won't be clear. Open hearts, open eyes. Help us to see the glorious freedom you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Bless you. Amen.